The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or lifehousechurch.org. Well, Lifehouse, happy Memorial Day weekend. Let me first ask you this question. What are you waiting on? Maybe some of you all were waiting on Pastor Patrick to preach this weekend, and uh, this weekend you, you get me. And so, by the way, let me first just say I am so thankful for my pastor, our pastor, for giving me the opportunity to just share what God's placed on my heart this weekend. But if you're not waiting on him, then what are you waiting on? Who are you waiting on? If you're anything like me, maybe you're tired of all the Zoom meetings and all the Zoom calls, and I've probably been in more Zoom meetings than I would like to admit, but what i found is that there is a functionality in within a Zoom meeting that a host would have. And so this functionality is they have the ability to put you in what is called a waiting room. That's right, it is a digital, virtual waiting room where people would literally just wait there until they are ready to start the meeting. Now, I've been in some of those waiting rooms where, I hate to admit it, some of those waiting rooms, I hardly even had to wait. They let me in right away instantly. No waiting in the waiting room. Perfect kind of meeting. And then there are those where I feel like the host just allows that digital doorbell to keep ringing, ding dong, ding dong, ding dong, and I think they forget that I'm sitting there in the waiting room, and nobody has time to wait that long. Let me ask you, what what waiting room? are you sitting in right now? Maybe it's, it's that prayer that you're waiting to get answered, but every time you pray, it seems like you're praying and the words just hit the ceiling and fall flat onto the floor. Maybe you're waiting on that phone call to be made. Maybe you're waiting for that special day to happen. Maybe you're waiting for that relationship to finally fix itself right, but Mr. Right just keeps on treating you wrong. And it seems like the host of your life has held you hostage in the waiting room and you're ready to just leave the entire room completely. You know, when I I think about the waiting room, what I'm reminded of is a hospital. I remember Meredith Medical Center. It's, it's one of the hospitals here in our local community. I have a lot of fond memories waiting in that waiting room, but I also have a lot of fearsome memories there. Right now, it is, it is home to many patients just waiting, waiting to, to get their test results. Am I gonna be positive for COVID or am I gonna be negative? Am I gonna live a normal life or am I gonna be on a ventilator for the rest of my life? I, I remember that's the same waiting rooms I waited in as I welcomed two of my little girls into this world. And one particular time I recall, almost like it was just yesterday, my little girl Ellie was one year old and the ambulance had just rushed her into the emergency room because she had just had a seizure at her daycare. And I remember waiting there as a dad, just watching this little human being lay flat and helpless on this massive hospital bed. And, and I'm just waiting with my wife and doctors would come and nurses would come and they try to make the waiting last a little bit less and as soon as they leave, we'd, we'd just wait some more and I remember just holding her and we're waiting for answers and it seemed like it was just forever. And one hour turned into two, two turned into three and three turned into four and it seemed like the longer we waited, it seemed like the more weight that was pressed upon our shoulders and it seemed like the longer we, we waited without answers, the worry just ended up weakening me. And I remember it was, it was close to, to midnight when finally someone came and the moment we had been waiting for had, had finally arrived. We're, we're about to go home. And, 
And you ever just expect to receive something and it's not anywhere close to what you had expected? I expected to breathe a sigh of relief, but then when they came back, they said, you're gonna have to go to another hospital because we don't know what's wrong with your little girl. There's gonna have to be another pediatric profession that's gonna have to look at her. And the sigh of relief that I had expected to receive, it just ended me in, in just being stuck in waiting. You ever felt like that before? Where I just wasted my time waiting. I waited four years, Jay, to walk across that stage and just get my diploma and just within an instant, it seems like that day was just taken away from you. Man, waiting for that graduation, it was just, it was just a waste. And you waited for that job and that job finally called and, and then only to call you back and say, hey, you know what, we're gonna have to lay you off because we don't need you right now. You waited for that relationship now, that relationship is on the rocks and it seems like I just wasted my time waiting. If you ever found yourself waiting like that, I wanna introduce you to an ancient king by the name of David. Now you may think right now, you may say, what can a king actually have that will relate to me in my life? A king can have whatever they want, whenever they want to, so why even wait? What do they know about waiting on something or someone when they have all these lines of people just ready to wait on them. But David ended up finding himself in a waiting room, similar to a waiting room that you and I, we find ourselves into quite often. He found himself in a pit where he couldn't get out. And in this season, he wrote a psalm. It was a song about the season of waiting. And it's found in Psalms chapter 40, verse one and three. And this is what David says. He says, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me. And he turned to me and he heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and out of the mire, and he set my feet on solid ground and he steadied me as I walked along. I want us to remember that. He has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. And many will see what he has done and be amazed and they will put their trust in the Lord. Here is David. At the pinnacle of his success, he has now found himself at the bottom of a pit. Because who here knows you could be on top of the world one day and then an order hits and then you're stuck at home for a while. And then you're doing homeschool for a while and you're without work for a while and you're stuck just waiting. I've come to the realization that we are either walking out of waiting or we are walking into waiting. So the question this weekend is not a matter of if you're gonna be in waiting, but rather when we are in waiting, what are we to do? And so right now, I believe that there is a principle that is found at the bottom of this pit that I just wanna pull out for us and apply this weekend. And that principle is simply this, that we must wait on God. That's right, we must wait on God. David, David says of God, I waited on God, I waited on the Lord. You know, anything that is worth your waiting will either be from God, it will be of God, or it will be for God. Let me repeat that again. Anything that will be worth your waiting will be from God, will be of God, or it will be for God. Anything else will waste your waiting. But you see, there is a nature that's inside all of us that actually wants us to wait on other things but God. In essence, we're ruled by the, the things that we want right now, the results that we want right now, not knowing that those results will actually lead us to destruction and even death. And this is what biblical authors 
they call sin. See, sin is any action, any thought, any intention that goes contrary to who God is. And this sin creates in us a, a pattern of living that says, I want what I want and I want it right now, not knowing that this sin leads us in the direction of just death and eternal ruin. But God, but God loved us so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to go into the pit of our despair, the pit of our destruction, the pit of our eternal death sentence. And Jesus came with the sole mission to die in order to defeat death. And so Jesus came into the pit. And when he came into the pit of our life, the pit of sin, he took on our shame, he took on our punishment, he took on our guilt upon himself. And in his death, he defeated death once and for all. And as Jesus laid there buried in our pit, it seemed like the watching world just waited. One day turned into two days, and then you wait some more. And then two days turned into three. Then finally there was an eruption of celebration as Jesus Christ resurrected from the dead, defeating sin, death, and hell so that those that would believe in Jesus Christ by faith would not just be forgiven, they would be granted a new song, a new kind of life through the power of his resurrection. How, how, does, this, how does this work, you ask? God's spirit, which is invisible and eternal, it makes his home in our spirit. And the spirit that says, I want what I want and I want it right now that leads us and, and leaves us into the pit of despair, it moves out. And the spirit of God moves in and says, I want God's best for my life. I'm, I'm ready to wait on God. I'm ready to wait on his timing. It moves in. So how do we truly wait on God? I wanna give us three complimentary thoughts this weekend. And the first is this, to wait on God, we must wait patiently. David says this in verse one. He says, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me. And he turned to me and he heard my cry. You know, how you wait is equally as important as who you are waiting on. David said, I waited patiently for the Lord. That, that word literally means to bind something up, to tie up, almost like you're tying something up really securely with a rope. And, and so you get this picture of David saying, I am binding up Jesus. I'm binding up God. I'm, I'm holding on tightly to God as my help and as my hope. You can see this picture of, of, of David just saying, I'm holding on to God for dear life. And you know, when you're holding on to something that securely and that tightly, you're not really worried about what's holding you up, but rather you have a realization of who is holding you up. You see, this passage of scripture signifies that it wasn't just this one-time momentary act of expectation. It wasn't that David prayed, oh God, lift me up out of this pit. And God heard him and he lifted him up. No, no, no. Matter of fact, it was after a repeated time of prayer and petition that David is calling out to God, God, would you lift me up? That in God's timing, God heard David's prayer and he lifted him up. You know, right now, my, my challenge to you is in order for us to, to wait patiently, that means that we have to wait actively. Maybe you're asking yourself, how does that even work, Jay? How can activity and patience even coexist? How can you speed up and you slow down all at the same time? Here's what I mean by this. To wait patiently and to wait actively means that the right thing is not just a one-time thing. Oh God, 
I'm gonna pray and if you don't answer my prayer right away, I'm gonna leave the waiting room. God, I'm gonna love that person, but if they don't love me back, I'm ready to leave the room right now. God, I'm ready to serve. And, and, and when I serve God this one time, and if they're not grateful, I'm, I'm gonna leave the waiting room. No, in order for us to wait patiently, it means to wait actively. It means it happens consistently and constantly and repetitiously. I want you to picture this. Picture a waiter in a restaurant. And, and I'm sure many of you are waiting for the day where you can finally dine in at your favorite restaurant. But I, I want you to picture waiting at a restaurant, ready for it to open, and your waiter does exactly that. They just wait. They don't do anything. I'm pretty sure that you would not consider them a good waiter. Let, now, let me take it a step further. Let's say you're, you're ready to go into this restaurant and your waiter takes your orders, but they keep on getting it wrong. You keep ordering a Coke and they keep on giving you a Pepsi. You keep on ordering a hot appetizer and they keep on bringing in ice cold and they, they don't even check on you. Let me take it another step further. Let's say you go into this restaurant and you're ready to dine in and this, this waiter literally takes off their, their apron and hands you their notepad and begins to bark out their orders to you. Chances are you're not gonna consider that waiter a good waiter, but rather the best waiters are the most active waiters. They're patient. They, they're, they're not only gonna get you a Coke, they're gonna give you a refill too. And they're gonna give it to you as many times you ask for it. They're not only gonna give you a hot meal when you ask for it, they're gonna make sure it's actually good. They're gonna make sure your needs are met and your desires are met. Oftentimes what takes place is there seems to be a role reversal where we begin to, to, to say of God, God, why don't you wait on me? We take off the apron and we give him our notepad and say, God, wait on me. What happens when we do that is we loosen our hold on God as our hope and then we hold on to our happenstance. We say, once this check gets in the mail, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna feel lifted after that. Oh, you know what? Once this relationship is right, I'm gonna get lifted out of this pit. Or you know what? Once this official says this, or once this church does that, or once these doors tend to open, I'm gonna feel lifted. And no matter how good those happenstance may be, it's not good enough to hold us up. It's not good enough to put our hope in. Only God can lift us up. And so we have to cling on him as our hope and as our help with expectation. So we have to wait on him and saying, God, what's, what's your orders for today? Not just today, God, what's your orders tomorrow? God, what's your desires for my marriage? God, what's your desires for my children? God, how do you want me to, to teach my kids today? God, how do you want me to go to work today? God, I, I want your desires and your needs to be met today. That's what it means to wait patiently. Now, secondly, is this to wait on God, we must let God work. Now, I know it, it, it sounds like I just contradicted myself. Wait a minute, Jay, I thought you said that we have to wait on God. No, there, there is a work that God wants to do. And, and check this out. This is what David says in verse two. He says, he lifted me out of the pit, he meaning God. He said, he lifted me out of the pit of despair and out of the mud and the mire, and he set my feet on solid ground and he steadied me as I walked along. Now that, that word pit, it, it describes a prison, it describes kind of like a dungeon of some sort. Now in the bottom of this pit, the, the only thing you could hear is the loud growls in the house of beasts just waiting to devour you as soon as you get out. 
and you would hear the, the clanging, crashing winds just blowing against the hollow walls of this pit. And there's nothing steady for that pit to stand on. It's slimy, it's muddy. You, you ever felt like you've been in a pit before? Where it seems like the only, the only thing that you're hearing in your head, the only thing that you're hearing in your heart is just the growls of grief, worry, depression, and anxiety, and lack, and scarcity. This is what David was experiencing. And who could blame David for wanting to get out of this scenario, but he couldn't. It seemed like the, the more he tried to get out, the more he couldn't get out, he just slipped and fall because at the bottom of the pit, there was nothing steady and sturdy for him to stand on. You, you ever felt like that before? Where it seemed like the harder you work to get out of waiting, the worse it got for you, the more stuck you end up feeling. You see, it was God who lifted David up and it's God and his timing that lifts us up. Now, let me, let me ask you a question. What if, just maybe, God is more concerned with fixing our footing than actually moving us forward? Let me, let me ask that again. What if God is more concerned with fixing our footing than moving us forward? Follow me here. What if God did give you the right spouse that you've been waiting for, but what if you weren't the right spouse yet? What if God gave you the right spouse you've been waiting for, but you're not the right spouse that they've been waiting for yet? You know what would happen? We would dirty up our devotion to them. We would track mud all throughout that relationship. We would end up muddying that marriage. Your, your footing would be a problem. Oh, what if God did give you that dream job? Well, what if God gave you that, that employer? What if God gave you that company that you have been waiting for, but you weren't the right boss yet? You weren't the right employee yet? You know what would happen? We would, we would sink that company. We would sink that employee. We would sink that coworker. We would sink into that business. What if he gave you that promise, but you weren't the right person just yet? We would literally imprison the promise of God. What good are the right results if we're not the right people to receive them yet? We can easily turn a blessing into baggage if we don't allow God to do a work in us before he does a work around us. Because there is a work that God wants to do and it starts while we are in waiting. There's a process that God does not want us to first bypass and that, that starts in the bottom of that pit. Here's what, what God did to David. He steadied David in order to stand before David could start walking. David said, God put me on solid ground. He put me on a solid rock and he steadied me as I walked along. He was steadied to stand. His footing was fixed. His foundation was secure before he started walking. Why would God want to do that to David? And why would God want to do that for us? It's because God is more concerned with who you and I become than the actual outcome. He's more concerned with how we're growing than where we're actually going. Why is that? Because the right person can turn a wrong place right at the right time. So maybe, just maybe, there is a work that God wants to do in you before he does a work around you in the pit. Maybe there's some attitudes in the pit right now that, that God wants to work out and God wants to make sure it's, it's on solid ground. It's shored up for you because he knows that when he lifts you up and you're on solid ground, if you're still dealing with that selfishness, you're gonna continually be stuck. 
He knows that when, when you're in that promised place that you've been praying for and you've been waiting for, if that pride gets in the way, you'd still imprison the promises of God. Well, what if there, there's some aspirations in the pit that God wants to make sure it's on good foundation? Motivations right now in the pit that's on good foundation. He wants to make sure that that business is gonna direct you to the destinies of God. He wants to make sure that the people that you surround yourself with is gonna direct you into the purposes of God. He wants to make sure your footing is fixed before you start moving forward. He wants to make sure that you're not tracking mud when you're supposed to be moving towards his promise. And lastly is this, to wait on God, we have to worship while we're waiting. David says this in verse three, he says, he's given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God, and many will see what he has done and be amazed, and they will put their trust in the Lord. You know, when my, my daughter, Ellie, when she was born, I was in the same hospital, Meredith Medical Center, and I remember holding onto my little girl, and I was just waiting to get discharged. And I remember there's an old hymn that, that came to mind, and I just started singing it over my little girl. And the lyrics are pretty simple. It says, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Fast forward one year later, I'm in the same hospital. I'm, I'm with my same little girl. I'm holding her the same way and I'm waiting for the same results, y'all. I just wanna go home. And the same song came to mind but this time it came to me in a different way. And as I was holding her, it wasn't me singing over my daughter anymore. I felt like it was as though God was singing it over me. And those words and those lyrics hit me in a new way. And I felt like God was just singing, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. In the moment I began to worship God, I felt like the waiting and the wait and the worry just began to be washed away. And I realized that God wasn't in this far off place where he's waiting on me to get there where, man, if I just get to wherever God is, then I'm really gonna be okay, then I'm really gonna feel lifted. I'm gonna be in that place and I'm gonna feel good when I get to that place. And I realized that God wasn't waiting for me in this far distant place. He was right in the pit with me. And the moment I started worshiping him, the weight just washed away. And it wasn't a matter of what I was waiting on, it was rather who I was waiting on and who I was waiting with. David said of God, God gave me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to sing about my God. And there's gonna be people that's gonna turn to him and put their trust in him because they're gonna see and be amazed and hear about my song. In his darkest hour, in his most bleakest moment, David sang, I'm speaking to every single one of you right now. I believe that there's a song inside of you. 
I believe that God has implanted a worship inside of you and it is best sung while you are in waiting because he's right there. I believe right now that God is literally writing the lyrics to the best song of your entire life. And those lyrics are being penned in the bottom of that pit. So start singing because that song is not just for you. It's for those around you. David said, there's people that's gonna hear about it and they're gonna know about it and they're gonna put their trust in God. So parents, right now I believe that there's children, your children are watching you wait. Don't you waste that waiting. Worship while you are in it. There's, there's friends, there's coworkers, there's loved ones right now. Give them something worth watching. Worship while you are waiting. Right now, God has put a song inside of you that can literally get people unstuck. So you know what you do? Start singing. When, when you start seeing that bank account, it just seems like it's stuck. Start getting them vocal cords ready. Well, when you start looking at that relationship, it looks like it's stuck. When you're looking at that community, you're looking at that problem, and it seems like it's stuck, start, start getting the band ready because there's a worship that's about to come out and start singing because God is in the waiting and he's worthy of our worship. Maybe today you're, you're here and you're listening, you're saying, Jay, I'm stuck in the pit. I believe that this weekend God wants to lift you up and wants to lift you out. And that only takes place when we place our faith in Jesus. And if that's you today, I want you to make that response right now. And you're saying, Jay, I'm turning away from my sin. I'm turning away from that life. I, I wanna turn to God. I wanna wait on him today. I wanna place my faith in him. I wanna receive his forgiveness. I wanna have a new song. I wanna have a new life to sing. If that's you today, I wanna say, welcome home. I want you to do the next bold thing. And I want you to put that in the comments. I want you to type the word Jesus on the comments right now. If right now you don't have access to those comments, I want you to grab your phone. I want you to text Jesus to 41411. And I want that to be your response today, to wait on the right thing that's worth the wait. That's Jesus. Maybe today you're, you're saying to yourself, I've already made a decision to wait on God. You know, uh, another great decision to show and, and to sing your song is through baptism. We said it earlier. Look, stop waiting and get into the water. I want you to sign up to get baptized right now. That is the loudest song that you can sing during the season saying, I'm waiting on God and I'm allowing my song to be heard right now. You too, you can text Jesus to 41411. Right now our team's gonna lead us into a song here. And I want you to stick around with us. It's literally a song that's speaking to the heart of every individual here right now, listening to the sound of my voice to take courage because God is in the waiting and he is worthy of our worship. So would you join us as we sing this song? Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.